Nerd Soul. Oh, yeah. Late Ill Kid at One Youngster holding it down, bringing that street geek and nerd soul. Like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell, and let's go because we got another episode of Soul Taku. We having a good time. We ain't got the, you know what I'm saying? It's just me. All right? It's just me, you know what I'm saying? Dropping some thoughts on that anime. And right now, I wanted to take a, I wanted to take a second to just say thank you. You know what I'm saying? Thank y'all for riding with me. I've, I've, this is something that I haven't said yet, but I've seen, you know, I've seen, you know, like shares and analytics stuff, and you guys are hitting the like button. You know, some of y'all are commenting, sharing, and stuff like that. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's anime-ish, whether it's uh, gaming, you know, talking about Marvel or something, or talking about, you know, like Changa and Retcon and 133 Yard, you know, whatever it is, thank you for all that support. Thank you for holding me down. Thank you for, you know what I'm saying, being interested in, you know, clicking that that uh, that play button, that like button, that that comment, all that stuff. So, you know what I'm saying, big shout out for that. But look, we, we got to get to it. You know what I'm saying? I know you're like, man, look, I ain't trying to talk about that anime, bro. So... I want to give a big thank you to Netflix. You know what? Netflix Netflix anime has been really hitting this year on a low low. No, you know what? No, no, on the high high. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Straight up. Netflix anime has been top notch this year. Like we've had what two five five joints at least that i could say that i really enjoy now they've had more than five anime drops this year but for me castlevania was on point captain laserhawk was on point and we're going to be getting into blue eye samurai we're going to be getting to animusha and pluto today so i just wanted to give a big shout out to netflix on you know what I'm saying just keeping that that hot content flowing because it's some dope stuff, and we're going to be covering this week to week. I know the whole seasons is out, but they're so good. I didn't want to consume them all at one time and then be done. You know what I'm saying? I wanted these to roll out a little bit, kind of like I do with Jujutsu Kaisen and stuff, even though I be wanting to have the whole thing, but sometimes it's good to have, you know, just wait. You know what I'm saying? Wait, hold off that enjoyment. You know what I'm saying? Hold it off a little bit. So first up, I'm going to talk about Blue Eye Samurai, and First of all, I'm going to say that I want to call BS on YouTube and their algorithm and whatever they be doing and saying what's, you know, you can't do and you can't say and you can't post and blah, blah, blah. Because Blue Eye Samurai had the human body parts straight full frontal nudity. All right. And they let that joint go on youtube without a hitch i'm like hold on whoa, whoa what happened what happened youtube i thought when i when i had a, a, a video game uh drop about biking they told me i couldn't put biking on on the thumbnail because it was too much you know too much chest up there now all of a sudden you got come on bro youtube y'all be fun y'all be lying oh y'all full of it but anyway do i like blue eyes samurai yes this thing man wow first let's talk about the look it has kind of this pixar slash goblins look or goblin or whatever however you pronounce it i'm pretty sure i'm butchering i apologize but you guys know the animation studio i'm talking about it's g-o-e-b-l-i-n-s so I, I apologize for probably mispronouncing it but it's like a awesome mixture of those two and just looking at it is beautiful like i just love looking at it and a lot of the joints i'm gonna be talking about today i just love looking at period without even before we even get into the story stuff but blue eye samurai has such a unique look and it's so awesome to have that movement flow in its own special world that is or sorry is it tied to anything that you may have seen before now not saying that they're you know breaking the mold there's other similar looking projects but in the landscape right now of things that are coming out things that are dropping it definitely sets itself apart and that's one thing that i really dig on it i also like the time period you know going back to like that kind of classic samurai period and stuff i think it's kind of cool to go back and look at that and you know have like a um uh, I guess historical fantasy or something in that time or straight up, you know, fiction in that time that we can just go and immerse ourselves 
in that historical period, of course, with a whole bunch of swords and blood. And they bring it, man. I, I'll say straight up, when we meet the uh, the young lady who is basically what Japanese have like a a term for because she's she's uh, a, a mixed race child, or well, I mean, she's she was a mixed race child. She's grown now, but seeing how she uses the glasses to kind of change the color of her eyes because of course back then there weren't no such thing as you know contacts so using those glasses to kind of bypass the open you know kind of like the open racism that she's dealing or the open bigotry or whatever you want to call it towards people that would be considered like half a you know what i'm saying that is a, a nice little touch that I thought that they didn't, you know, they didn't have to do, and I thought that was unique, and it adds to sort of the mystique of her character. Um, I also think that setting her up against not only, I guess, the the current status quo as far as the, I guess, I guess the uh, the Shindo. Um, the Shindo Dojo and also kind of like the society at large as well as thing that's going on in the background and setting her up as like this kind of sort of setting off on this path of revenge on her own is super cool and it gives her I think it gives her a lot of sympathy because we see her flashbacks from her childhood for being you know treated you know because if you're if you're a mixed race child like you didn't you didn't ask to be born you didn't ask to have those parents so you ain't know nothing you was just born so seeing what she went through seeing how she was kind of taken in by the sword father and those flashbacks added a lot of just sentimentality to her character um to the sword father who i really enjoy i think he's he's just a beautiful character honestly and him you know even though he's blind he's not stupid he knew that he he most likely knew even though he called her a boy i'm pretty sure he knows that she was a girl or she was a lady you know growing into a lady um and then probably also knew that she was a mixed race child and he took her in now i mean of course he probably didn't know that straight off meeting her i mean off the when the meteor crashed but i'm sure that over time he knew that and he treated her with love with dignity with respect with great care and those moments really help to lay a foundation of kind of like where she comes from where her where her fire and ferocity is coming from because of course we learn about her mother this this first episode does a lot to establish just how good you know what I'm saying and how awesome this show hopefully will be you know what I'm saying because I don't I don't assume that the rest of the show is going to be just straight trash while this first episode was just 100% fresh now yeah, I man this joint was fresh fresh flying ultra if you ask me cuz we get without kind of weighing down the story we get her past we get her kind of like growing learning how to make swords we find we see the uh the meteor hit where i was like we all knew like oh that's going oh snap she's getting a sword that's where she's gonna get the sword from and also we see her training and preparing and when she's in the shindo dojo because after she chops off a, sword, a dude's fingers at the beginning, which was straight boss level, um, he lucky she, he left with his life. But we see her go to the Shindo Dojo, and I was like, yo, I'm guessing it's about time for something to go down. And bruh, we see where why she prayed that prayer. She said, dear Lord, give me the strength to kill them. Yo, <laughs> bruh. When, when somebody praying for your downfall, that's a whole other. they like, it's different. If somebody like, man, man, I hope they, I hope they get hurt. Nah, she's like, dear Lord, please give me the strength to beat them down. I uh, to with the most ferocity. Nah, but uh, 
I I like how we set that up, that that kind of like hatred, that anger, that revenge for what happened not only to her, but also what happened to her mother. How her mother was basically thrown around and tossed around and, you know, of course, they did what they did. And her mother was abused, basically. And now she's kind of finding out and going on that trail to find these four men. Uh, these four white men because at this time you know japan is closed off and these four white men or as another character calls the white devils you know saying or the four fangs which are probably going to be sent after her before she gets to the fourth for uh the four white men this man i'm i'm ready for this this is shaping up to be a very tough journey and we do we do have a foundation of her having some companionship um because on the side we see um what was the brother's name i can't remember his name right now but he was at the shindo dojo and i think it was um i think his name was tygen or yeah i think it was tygen please forgive me if i mispronounced it but tygen and seeing where he is with trying to marry the the current, I guess like current governor's daughter or something like that, whatever kind of political guy he is. And then seeing him lose his whole rep to the blue-eyed samurai. And now seeing where that might lead him, bruh. From the from the trailers, it seemed like, you know, it seemed like he might be changing his mind on who he wanna go after. You know what I'm saying? Because at first, he's in love with the with the governor's daughter or whatever. But now, at least in the trailer, it seemed like you know he he has a budding relationship with the blue eye samurai, and I'm not mad about that. I'm not you know it, it seems like I mean we've caught, we've sort of seen this story before, but it seems like something that grows naturally and organically. And the way this story is already moving, I'm I'm there. I'm straight up. I'm there. I'm ready. You know, saying shouts to um, I think her name is Mizu, the main character, the Blue Eye Samurai. Uh, shouts to Mizu for man these cool moves. Also, shouts to her for <laughs> the uh, the um, what is it? The the guy that doesn't have any hands, the guy that kind of follows her from her <laughs> hooking him up at the um, at the at the house of the ladies. <laughs> Like, um, I think his name is Heiji. I think maybe. I can't remember his name, but bruh. Look. <laughs> the way she hooked him up, she was like, look, I need him out of my way. Look, how many for three girls? Like, I will say one thing. She 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 made sure she distracted him. She showed nothing to set a distraction. Then that's a that's a that's a distraction. <laughs> he learned about <laughs> pumpkins and peaches. <laughs> oh, but Blue Ass Samurai, I'm really digging it, man. This first episode came through. Um, like, <laughs> I like the fact that they're like, we don't want no white commerce out in these streets. You know what I'm saying? You buying stuff from white people, you got to go. Also, um, seeing her, like, with the straight up Rock Lee style, pulling off the, you know, pulling off the leg weights, the arm weights, she got busy. Like, yo, man, come on. You look swords blood fingers flying man i'm there so i gotta give a shout out blue eye samurai this week was was hot man it was hot a great start and i'm i'm super impressed but moving on to some more netflix stuff we got another project which is animusha and i haven't i haven't played this game in forever but um i remember animusha from you know my what is it my dreamcast days i can't remember when it was out dreamcast something like that but anyway they got their anime and this is another unique look this is uh similar to kind of um kind of reminds me of sort of like what, what they did with uh batman ninja something like that and i yeah i'm on i'm on board for this one too like come on bro like look when he said we're going demon hunting come on man like you knew your boy was there supernatural action supernatural horror you knew i was there because it's been so long since i played the game i forgot what the game was about i, I just knew you know you like it was kind of like animosha dynasty warriors time that kind of time period when they were dropping stuff like that i was like i don't you know i don't remember what it's about but i know one thing that opening choreography is not to be played with yo shouts out to the i don't know how if they were rotoscoping these characters or 
if, if they kind of went from just video uh kind of like radio representation or if they did you know any kind of um kind of like a motion capture but that the way he was handling the different characters and and with throws and sort of evading and basically breaking them down without you know wasting too much energy yo this dude was straight up straight up like the nature of water up in here like yo musashi was not yo he was showing y'all like the old man still got it <laughs> he was like yo the old man still got it don't sleep don't you sleep on me y'all nah 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 uh-uh that bruh he broke down i think he said 11 people he broke down 11 people to get this thing of course they're going you know hit us with the pronoun game but this thing for 33 days so we we very quickly in the opening sequence we set up um our our clock for the most likely for the season so we set up we set up our clock and we set up our our quest basically because he said i'm going hunting demon hunting and boy i'm telling you that's the best kind you know what i'm saying hunting demons you know what i'm saying saving people killing things you know what i'm saying that's what we do <laughs> so Yo, I like how he was just like the nature of water. And I also like the voice acting, similar to Blue Eye Samurai. All of these, Blue Eye Samurai was awesome voice acting, and so is Animusha. Um, even the like the the smacking of the lips, the sighing, the, the small things that we do in, I guess you could say, basic conversation, those additions help these projects and these, you know, animated uh releases feel more natural and that's something that i couldn't enjoy more the just the the quiet moments while they're on the journey while they're talking to each other while they're telling the story about um from i guess matsuki's uh point of view um when we're listening to kaizen who is the um the monk that comes with them they all of these things come together to kind of bridge the gap between what we might have remembered from the game or if we know anything about the game and they're just coming into it you know what I'm saying we know hey there's this guy that he's most likely turned to some supernatural means uh the the top brass wants this handled and you know nice and quietly and they've put together their little sort of suicide squad to go do it and Ooh, when I say Suicide Squad, they won't lie because the first fight scene, they open with a fight scene and they close with a fight scene. And that's what I love to see. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when, even when we have a conversation between um, Musashi and Matsuki, there's a moment where I thought they were going to fight at the river and they didn't. But it got the music got really tense, their voices got really tense, and I was like, oh man, I was watching that scene like this is just this is just well directed. Like just because when they didn't fight, I was like, oh snap, hold up, they didn't fight. Or maybe I was tripping. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? For them to kind of pull the rug under me after me thinking they were gonna fight, that's something that I thought was just incredible and really loved, man. And then that battle where they finally pull out the Oni Gauntlet and he goes against Matsuki and Gensai um man just incredible fight scenes is what i'm here for we got the foundation of a great story something that we're on a quest for i am all in on this the animation looks great the art style looks great and then of course we have we have a goal like yo there's a, there's a demon out there and demons need killing you know what i'm saying that's what <laughs> that's all we need to know is that demons need killing and we also know that this demon can possess people and kind of create issues and problems from a distance and that makes this demon an even larger threat because it's not like this demon is um I guess localized to where he or she is they can actually send out like that tongue that like ran away from Gensai's body that you know or I guess slithered away you know that can be a threat in you know a whole nother way and bruh I'm I'm very impressed with what Netflix is bringing man with Animusha with with Blue Eye Samurai and of course, what I uh, what I want to drop and talk about next is um, another Netflix project that is 
blowing it away for me, which is um Pluto. Pluto is a joint that in the second week that I'm, I'm talking about uh, Pluto's second episode, episode two, man, yo, let me tell you, let me tell you something. I, I'm, I'm still feeling it. And not only am I impressed with the detective story of it all, but I'm impressed with the addition of Adam. Um, and what I mean by the addition is when we see Adam in the um, like the key art and the press and the trailers, we don't really get an idea of his mannerisms. You know what I'm saying? We don't really get an idea for that until this episode. And with him, especially with him and Gesset in um, uh, in Japan, I think he met with him in Japan because these killings are going. North Two is dead. Um, uh, what's his name? I can't remember the other. Mont Blanc is dead, and there's another one that's dead. So now Gazette is like going around like, "Yo, look, hey, there's somebody running around killing like top end robots." I don't know why. We don't know who it is, but look, you need to be on your P's and Q's. Watch your back. Keep your head on the swivel, bro. You know what I'm saying? And all of them seem to be tied together in some way or another. And we find out in this episode, it's mostly centered around the 39th Central Asian War. Um, and I can't believe they had 38 of them, but you know what I'm saying? We ain't going to ask those questions. Maybe they just can't get it together. So um, seeing Gesset and Adam this episode and their conversation at this diner um, about humanity, about their um, experience and existence as robots, um, and even the trading, or not the trading, but the, um, the, uh, the I guess, borrowing or lending of the memory chip from Gezit to um, Adam, there are some very like precious moments, I think, in this episode that really make a a detective story awesome because this this show isn't particularly action-packed but there's so much built around the hmm, I guess the investigation around the, the society that we're learning um, like with the the superintendent or ex inspector at the beginning um, and his clear and open you know he, he has an issue with robots he ain't feeling them at all and he's definitely letting, letting it be known and that that energy that he had when he heard about Gazette being a robot that a robot and um even when Adam shows up with Gazette's memories and goes through the crime scene with them bruh there's like so much that is it's really helping to reveal the the energy under the surface for robots in this world that they're building because of course this is the world of um of astro boy so it's kind of building that up in a very awesome way and it's also opening up this story so it's not so small because we're going from what the the alps scotland germany japan like this the, whoever is doing these killings is getting around um matter of fact speaking of killings um <laughs> I know that's a weird that's a weird thing to say. Speaking of killings, but um who do you think is doing this? Do you think there's a robot that's doing this? Do you think there's a human that's doing this? Or do you think that it's a human robot team? Because it's I'm not sure. Because we do get the scene at the end with Brando, which I'll talk talk about in a second. For that, it seems like it's just a robot, but I don't know, man. It's because the crime scene data that they had, which was super cool, that 3D recreation that they could do for or the 3D simulator, man, that shoot, we need that now. But um the I don't know, part of me with that 3D simulation, part of me thinks that there's a human that's working with a robot because a human goes into this robot space to, or in this person's space to kind of disarm them. Oh, it's just a regular human, blah, blah, blah. And then a robot comes in and wrecks shop. But at the end, and even matching that with the people's uh, recounts from what happened at the, the what is it, the, the crime scene, 
it's like this tornado came through, but it was just localized to one place. And that's where I want to move on to Brando because we meet Brando. We kind of meet Brando, Mine, Hercules, and even look back on Mont Blanc a little bit. But Brando, man, look, I'll tell you this. This before I talk about Brando, this story really knows how to hurt you. <laughs> Man, come on, y'all. Y'all ain't got to do me like this. Y'all know y'all hurting me. Y'all know y'all breaking my heart. North 2, y'all broke my heart. Because all this time, I'm, you know, I'm expecting, you know, okay, this is a nice side story. You know, no, this isn't a side story. This is someone they building up to get you attached to so they can kill them. (laughs) And boy, kill, kill North 2. And I was like, man, he was just learning how he wanted to leave, you know, leave that life alone. He didn't want to be an instrument of war. And then we have Brando here who has a beautiful life with his wife and his kids. There's love and laughter in the home that, you know, this guy is like a great guy. He's, he's someone that you would say he's doing his best for himself, those around him and even when Gazette comes to him like, yo, man, look, I don't know why this is happening, but it's happening. I'm trying to let everybody know that I can. Um, You see him kind of take this, hey, I'm lucky. I'm going to be all right kind of thing. And they go very far to show his home life, which then in turn, you know, gets used to break you down emotionally because you're like, nah, man, Brando, don't do it. You don't have to go on your own, bro. But he went out there. I guess because he knew sooner or later, whatever this thing is, whatever this person is, whatever these people are, robots or whatever, are going to come for him. So he isolates himself, uses himself as bait, and to a certain extent, uses his encounter with this thing or these people or person or whatever to relay that real time to Hercules, to Gazette, to Adam, which is something that I think was cool on a robot tip where he can sort of say hey i'm gonna go put myself out here but everything that i see y'all are gonna be able to see so use this information so that y'all can be able to take this guy or take these guys or take this organization whatever it is take them down because whoever's doing this i don't think they're alone but i could be wrong it but something this big you're gonna need people to cover your tracks or or fund you or something some this isn't just i don't think this is somebody by themselves but that moment of his passing of him trying to give them the the information and his memories of his family kind of flooding as he was dying that was it was just it was touching man and it felt it felt honest it felt real and they they do a lot in like you know an hour to ingratiate you to these characters and then of course unfortunately you lose these characters but they do a lot man they do a whole lot to get you into these characters and it's sad because of course we find out that at hercules at the end finds out that this killer is still out there but we'll we'll see how far this goes man because i am totally locked in and i have no idea who could want who would be doing this unless they haven't, you know, revealed them yet? Because we know from the first episode, we went to our sort of Hannibal Lecter character and we assume it's not him because, you know, he locked up. So I don't know who in the world it can be. I'm really at a loss. But I will say one thing. I will be coming back next week with more Pluto talk because this this anime comes with it, man, in a very good way. Like, in a very good way. I love this. I love this show. All these shows, man, we, yo, we living good right now. Like, for real, we living good. We got tons of dope stuff out in these streets. Shouts out to all the, you know, pro- the different projects that are dropping, the different studios dropping them. We, we got some heat. So, speaking of heat, you know, uh, Netflix uh, isn't one to have all the fun amazon said look we gonna bring invincible back you ain't gonna get a whole season of invincible we don't know how it's gonna go but you're gonna get some invincible and um bruh invincible is a return to form bruh 
we open up with like the immortal and the resistance versus invincible and that whole alternate timeline thing now to a certain degree i want to ask y'all this are you tired of multiple realities and different timelines are you kind of tired of that because it seems it's see i've seen some talk online where people are saying that it's a lot of people are doing that now and of course hollywood goes through its cycles but it does seem like there is a lot of multiple reality or multiple timeline content you know from these you know amazon disney marvel whatever um, so let me know how y'all feel about that, cause I was like, man, we gonna, I mean, everybody, everybody getting this, you know, multiverse money, but but seeing what Invincible is to someone else in another, in a um, in another universe was, whoo, man, terrifying. That fight against the immortal at the beginning because at first i'm like hold up what is going on but i was like oh, okay okay i remember it, it they kind of hinted at a multiverse or like multiple reality or different dimension kind of thing in the trailer so i was like okay maybe this is a different invincible and bruh that fight and him ending immortal and being like come back from that whoo man boy like invincible ain't no joke on these streets. Like, I, I, I don't think that our invincible proper, our invincible, has reached his peak because that other invincible, he was essentially playing with immortal. He didn't even see like he was having a problem with him. Um, but then seeing the resistance and seeing Adam Eve is something I wanted to ask you guys about. So Adam Eve fights against immortal and Omni Man. They, they kind of find the, the resistance. They go after them. Adam and Eve, Adam Eve is fighting against them. How do you feel about how that fight went down? Because with, with what Adam Eve can do, do you feel like the writers shortchanged her in that moment? Because, okay, if someone can create matter or, or manipulate matter at a molecular level, like, wouldn't, maybe I'm tripping, but wouldn't she be able to kind of handle that situation? Like, okay, imagine this. Adam Eve could essentially just give you a heart attack. Like, she could. She could just say, okay, well, there's an air bubble in your heart now. Like, she, she could, like, she could essentially just... I mean, couldn't she like essentially just give you cancer, or she could give you like a brain aneurysm? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know exactly how her powers work, but it seems like she can just create matter out of nothing. And if she can, shouldn't she be able to beat them? Or is it a situation where like the Flash is actually super dope, but his like his demeanor or his mind state or his character? doesn't allow him to push his powers to a place where he could be that powerful or something like like Iceman I believe Magneto said Iceman could put the world into a deep freeze but he hasn't realized his potential something like that it was something he to that extent a long time ago but I'm looking at Adam Eve like oh this should be a good fight and it didn't seem like that fight was that good or maybe they shortchanged her because they were like, no, we, we just need to establish that somewhere else they teamed up and took over the world. So, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm tripping. But um, in, in our world, we get back to Mark essentially blaming himself, which, bruh, it ain't your fault. Like, you didn't, it's not like you knew about it and let it fester. Like, you had no idea. And him sort of going through his home. I guess penance or you know kind of his own personal purgatory for this and trying to I guess make up for it and I know he famously said I'm not my dad but Mark not only are you not your dad but this isn't your this isn't your issue that you created now you're because you're trying to fix something that you can't fix 
like you're not going to be able to fix this this i don't know this this cloud over your head that oh his dad did this he must have known you know that kind of thing um i don't i don't know man i i feel bad for him because i don't think he's going to be able to do what he wants to do which is kind of like make everything right and i don't think you can you can only just move forward man and you didn't do this you did your best he's like all those people i killed it's like you didn't kill anyone like bruh like this was your father that did this and you trying your best to try to reconcile what your dad was doing while trying to fight him while also trying to talk him down well you know i mean all those emotions that were going through your through your head that you were experiencing at once come on man like this is not in any way your fault um so that that i guess realization for mark is something that might come later but it is something that i thought was awesome to have in here to show that this is his sort of cross to bear right now um and then on to uh olga being i wanted to, i wanted to shout out olga real quick here's my thing with olga olga is an awesome wonderful beautiful friend here's why when um uh i cannot remember his name uh red i don't know flash when the flash died basically when the flash died debbie was there for olga debbie helped olga uh sell her house so that she can move back to russia i think so she moves back to russia she's gone when this whole thing blows up with omni man she comes back she didn't have she could have just you know called her and said oh girl you know i feel sorry for you but she knew that i need to something like this and she doesn't have anyone else to you know experience it, to to lean on to see her come back and be with her that's yo that's she's 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 straight 100 for me for real olga came back to be with her so that she had a shoulder to lean on so that she had someone to help be her strength to you know just sometimes when someone goes through um let's say basically a loss because I mean, nobody is experiencing their superhero dad beating someone or you know trying to subjugate the world but for someone to say hey i'm here i'm with you and if you just needed me to sit with you, I'm going to be here. If you need me to come here and say wash dishes or something like that, you know, because you just don't feel like the, you don't feel like doing anything, I'm going to do that. I'm going to just be here for you. And I love Olga for that, man. That that part that the writers put in there is awesome. I think that's something that was really needed and it really helped tie in how strong their relationship is. Um... Now, on to the whole, the whole new leadership with Immortal and the new mu muscle with Bulletproof with the with the current team with the Guardians of the Globe, bruh. They was getting waxed. I mean, they won, but boy, they was getting waxed. It won't, it won't like duplicate won't doing well. Rex was man, look, they need Immortal to come through, and I'm glad we got a brother in here. Glad we got a brother. I don't know why we always got to wait for season two for a brother, but we do have a brother. We got an extra brother because we had an older brother, but the older brother didn't get his powers back to like the end of the season. So we do got, now we got two brothers. All right, we, all right, we looking good. We got two brothers. Hopefully they'll be able to kind of, I guess, help these situations remain as safe as possible because, you know, the, the after action report was not great. And they made your boy step down. They was like, look, Immortal is the leader now. You know, he got thousands of years of leadership. And thank for our universe, thank God Immortal is here here. Because even though it's already proven that he can't be Omni-Man, if, if there isn't anyone else, at least we can, you know, I don't know. At least we can have him to sort of hold people off. You know what I'm saying? At least we got something. Something. Um, but I'm, I am very... I don't know if I say worried. Maybe... Hmm, maybe... 
yeah, maybe maybe apprehensive about adding him as the leader because due to his it, it, understandable <laughs> due to his understandable feelings for Omni Man, that could color his feelings for Invincible, and Invincible, our Invincible hasn't done anything, but it might color his feelings towards him in a way that could put him and the team and maybe even the globe in danger uh, where maybe he doesn't want to add him along or have him along with him or keep him away from the fight whatever it is and that kind of personal beef might end up biting him in the butt but we'll see because he he basically came to him and said look i'm gonna keep my eye on you but it doesn't seem like it it doesn't seem like he's completely against invincible so we'll see how that plays out you know what i'm saying we'll we'll see how that rolls um but all in all a fresh way to open back up especially with bringing in angstrom uh <laughs> in the multiple multiple realities um and i knew we we kind of all knew something was going to go wrong at that like mind transfer thing and wrong it went you know and the <laughs> invisible shows up and of course he's like shut it down because you know they don't know anything but in the heat of the in the heat of the moment you don't have time to really explain what you're doing but i can also understand from a you know i guess the cia or whatever that organization is you know from the you know from their point of view like look shut it down but then i can i can see them saying like hey we already started we can't you know we can't shut this thing down now we can't get rid of this stuff you know there's a you know there's a whole process going on that if we stop it'll you know blow up or you know explode or whatever so seeing i don't know man seeing the way they dropped you know everything this season i mean or this in this opening uh i don't man i don't think there is a better hmm, a better way to handle the whole angstrom issue of how him and the maulers come together and how he becomes like this you know this sort of kang-ish type character um especially since now he's i believe the only angstrom left from that incident i know he said there were like 10 other places where there were angstroms at but he's the i guess angstrom prime and he i guess is, is essentially going to be like this sort of kang character now and this is a great entry for him to see him quickly turn from hey i'm i know we got ways to completely you know fix and solve and help other worlds to i've got to take down invincible and to a certain degree i think it's kind of it's whack on his part i mean no invincible didn't listen to him but if you look at invincible side it's like bro i don't know what y'all doing but i know the maulers are bad guys and if they're here building something then you know it's not good like whatever they build in is not good and this is probably the only time where they built something that is good but the maulers being there and not trying to help explain didn't help either you know what I'm saying? they just he showed up and they were like good let's fight and it's like bro no you need to help them explain so that you know this machine don't blow up and kill everybody because he was all melted and burnt up too yeah like 82 degree burns or something so what he went through and you know what of course angstrom went through is a great way to kind of jump off for this full season because it seems like we will definitely have our hands full now and we ain't got to worry about omni-man at this moment because angstrom is probably not gonna let this whole thing go <laughs> probably die he ain't gonna let that ride boy not at all <laughs> So, um, the next thing I want to talk about is Jujutsu Kaisen, man. Yo, I just, I ain't, look, I ain't going to hold y'all too long, but Toji back, 
You know what I'm saying? Toji back, y'all. Or, or sort of Toji's back. Because, I mean, is he really all Toji? Or is he like a different? I, they haven't really explained that. Because, I mean, he hasn't really spoke either. You know, except for the little bit he talked to that old lady when he killed her. But Toji is back. And, bruh, that fight with Dagon or Dagon or, you know, Dagon. Bruh. He he waxed him so effortlessly. There was, there was nothing that he could do, Dagon could do, to stop Toji. And remember, this is a dude that had three like top quality sorcerers on the run. Like he had Kento, he had like yo, he had these people on the run. So much so that when Fushiguro showed up, they were like, "Look, word, let's get out of here." That's how bad it was. They were about to try to run out and escape. That's how bad he was whooping up on them. That octopus man was giving them that work. Toji came through, stole a weapon. <laughs> Dude just took her weapon from him. He's like, give me this. Then he was like, you the strongest in here? Word. Bruh. He whooped him up from man, from the rooter to the tutor, boy. From the rooter to the tutor. Man, he took him out so bad. You know how you see a bad guy? They've been doing this a couple times this season. Where a bad guy is getting beat so bad, you kind of feel sorry for him. Like, um, when, um, what is it? When Gojo, no, not Gojo. Was it Gojo beat up the old guy? Who was it? Did Gojo beat up the old guy or was it? Maybe it was Gojo. I can't remember who beat up the old guy, but, bruh, like, you, come on, man. You can't can't be beating up an old man like that i mean i know he i know he evil but dang i mean you really you really whooped him up and whooped him up bad too i mean he beat him so bad the dude thought he was like dreaming of his dog or something that's how bad he beat him like he beat him so bad it bruh i mean he whooped him to man it was cold so then all right so you got that beat down then Furthermore, you have a beatdown of Kento to that dude that was in the in the uh, in the mall where he was beating up the girls. You got that beatdown. That beatdown was crazy. I mean, the dude pulled him by his ponytail and then whooped him properly. So okay, that's a bad beatdown. Then you got Toji coming in here, Bruh, Come on now, come on, like. The octopus man ain't have nothing, bro. Squid face ain't have nothing, bro. He beat him down so cold. It, whoo, it, man. It's a cold world out here, y'all. It's a cold world. Then, um, oh, sorry, no. Gojo didn't beat up the old guy. It was Guido. Guido beat up the old guy. Uh, when they was young, back in the, in the first part of this season, man, that old dude took an L so hard, bro. Anyway, back to this though. So. Toji beats uh, Dagon, and they get back to their, they get out of his domain. That's cool. But then you have a whole different e issue with uh, Sukuna, like kind of coming to a head and sort of rising. And we find out what I was saying about Guido. I was like, yo, hold up. Is this Guido Guido? Is this our Guido? Or is this dude possessed or whatever? Then we find out from the, the girls that come to, um, kind of like raise uh sukuna <laughs> they say free Guido. so Guido is also under some kind of spell or whatever or, or you know possessed or whatever it is so that's not the real Guido we're dealing with and then the question is how long have we de been dealing with a fake Guido? like is this ever since he was little or is this like recent i guess i have to look and see how long it's been since he's had the little stitches on his head maybe that's when it happened maybe he got a head injury and when he was in the hospital somebody swapped him i don't know i i, I don't know but whatever happened i don't think that's the real guido no more and i think they just confirmed that it's not the real guido but bruh sukuna when he arrived arrived bruh he just be killing just because it's fun that's why he gotta go he don't even, he, I don't even think it's fun for him. He just, just killed because he can. Like he, bruh, 
the two when he got up he was like y'all need to kneel so the girls kneel and the little dude he kind of got on his knee but he ain't dude with the vo volcano head he ain't kneel high enough so he straight chopped his flat top in half bro dude was dude was feeling true pain then when the girls he said you know what y'all got a second y'all y'all brought me back y'all gave me however many fingers so i'm gonna you know i'm gonna give y'all a second to talk they asked him to please free Guido. They didn't They didn't tell him. He said, how you going to try to order me around? I'm like, bro, they didn't try to order you around. They asked you nicely. They they had their heads about it. He just killed them just because. Like, man, he was like, look, I don't care. I think he just do that for fun because he was going to kill them anyway. But, bro, man, that was that was a cold, cold, cruel world, boy. Whew. Man, I guess if it ain't rough, it ain't right. But anyway... <laughs> Jujutsu Kaisen is still still that fire, still that flame, and man, I can't wait to see more of where they're gonna go with this whole Shibuya incident, cause it's been fire. Um, last up on the docket is a uh, Scavenger's Rain, man, and <sighs> Scavenger's Rain is another one. You get these kind of like Mo Mobius kind of artistic vibes in it when you look at it, and it's this is another one that's just pretty to look at, straight up. This is this show could be like a screensaver on a like on a big you know 80 inch projector or something like that. It's just beautiful to look at, like you know the the colors, the way things animate into one another, the the uniqueness of the the aliens. And I'll say one thing, boy, you don't want to be on this planet. This planet, this planet is just weird. Now, I guess I'm saying that because I'm from Earth and I'm on Earth, but some some person from another galaxy might come to Earth and be like, man, y'all planet weird. Be like, no, it ain't. So maybe we, I'm thinking this planet is weird. But for them, they're like, nah, man, this planet is cool. And once again, we're still dealing with um, the Demeter has now landed. So we do see that, hey, it's it's landed. Uh, Sam and um Sam and Ursula have the, the ship on their little... Um, like communicator or whatever they have the little tracking device so it has landed and it is in one piece so essentially if we can get to the ship and we can uh bring all of the crew out of like cryostasis or whatever then we should be okay but sam said like we got to be the first to get inside the ship because we saw those little like creatures like hitting the ship with his forehead and stuff so who knows if something that gets in that ship is hungry they got a whole bunch of you know food in the fridge basically so we'll see how that plays out also sam and ursula had their own issues because this storm comes and the storm is an issue for everyone um sam and ursula have to race from the storm there's this stuff that flies and if it cuts you it starts to grow in your hand is this it's crazy and it can like there's so many weird things on this planet. It's like it is not suitable for for humans. But but them running from this storm and everyone running from this storm shows how dangerous and how exciting. At least for us, you know, we ain't on the planet. But how exciting and how interesting this whole show can be without having you know some kind of big bad like the big bad is survival <laughs> that's the big bad the big bad is like dude just live just hopefully you can get off this planet that kind of thing and even when they're they're trying to find a cave they're running sam and ursula come upon these i don't know jelly ball things that are going inside a snail turtle thingy or something Anyway, they jump in there, and it seems like everything's going to be cool, right? You're like, oh, all right, they're going to be all right. Bruh, now we got these, I don't know, killer dung beetle crab thingies that <laughs> jump down, scoop, scoop down the chute, and then, you know, kill all the babies in there. Here's my issue, man. Look, if you're a snail, turtley thing, aardvark, turtle, whatever, why don't you, like, just close off your snout or something? Like, don't let things just come in your snout. But anyway, they I mean, babies is getting killed everywhere, man, all over the place. And when, it, when Sam and Ursula deal with it, it shows how, how vulnerable you would truly be. Because this thing is, it looked like the size of, I don't know, like a small car. 
like it, you know, it's got pinchers and little teeth and stuff, and it's got the, I mean, it's it's got the shell. Like so, even with his little knife, bruh. First thing I'll say, like, look, if you get if you get stranded on a planet, first thing you need to do is fashion yourself some kind of like spear or something like that, because you need some distance. That little knife, yo, look, your like predator is way too close to you with that little baby knife. And they don't want it. It won't like a Rambo knife neither. It was like a little baby joint. Like, bruh, who you gotta protect your neck, son. Gotta protect your neck. So, uh, with with the way they're dealing with this this crab dung beetle killer thing, it shows even with its like you know sonic weapons or whatever, it shows how vulnerable, how dead you would really be. Like, I mean, honestly, Sam was almost gone. Ursula happened to get come out of it and happened to be able to kill it, but it won't like some you know, it won't a flawless victory, bruh. And then you know, we see the storm with uh Levi and Ozzy, and Ozzy is still dealing with Levi, and Levi's I don't know, sort of malfunctions, maybe because. Levi is the one that found a way to get out of the storm into this kind of like oasis that it had found, but also it's acting outside of its protocol. And you know, as he said, you know, notably, it's worrisome. You know, then this is something like, bruh, I as a as a robot, I should be able to kind of you know anticipate what you might do, and you going off grid and all this stuff while I'm sleeping. It, it, it makes me worried and that worry can lead to untrust. And if I can't trust you, I can't be with you and you are a large part of my survival on this planet. So I can see, I can see the beef, man. I can see the, the argument with it. I can see the, the, like the, the frustration around it, you know what I'm saying, in general. Um, and even though Levi brought Ozzy to this place, which I think is an awesome little oasis. It's also not their objective. You know what I'm saying? Like, Levi had built this little kind of like archway door type of thing. It was like, oh, I just thought it looked nice. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. first, what do you mean you thought it looked nice? We got things to do. So we'll, we'll see if this leads to just a Levi that is more um, sort of human-like or if this leads to a Levi that is dangerous. Um, so we'll see. Um, and then lastly, Cayman um, and that weird light creature. The creature, I don't know if the creature is trying to, I guess, communicate with it, or if the creature is trying to keep it around for companionship. Or if the creature is trying to keep it around to eat, but I don't think these creatures, they don't seem too predatory. So maybe, maybe this creature is just trying to protect it or communicate with it because this is twice in this episode, this is twice that this creature has saved Cayman from himself. And I know from seeing this, um, uh, flashback in this episode with him and his uh i guess ex-wife maybe ex-girlfriend uh which the the creature is kind of recreating in his mind to i guess become more comfortable with it um we see that he has some turmoil there and is kind of used to i guess running off on his own or maybe sabotaging uh relationships and kind of like leaving them sometimes to his own detriment. So I am I'm excited for where this relationship between you know Cayman and this you know you know light creature, little you know, kind of like round-headed light creature, where it might go because he hasn't tried to really talk to it yet. So I think that the creature is trying to say something to him, but I don't know what. But I do think it's interesting that that creature had brought him in, and it doesn't seem that like any other creatures really deal with one another. They seem like they're kind of, 
I guess I guess more like individualized than than sort of a communal vibe with their I don't know their counterparts or offspring or whatever. So this this is another show that's just unique and weird in a very good way, and I love watching it. So Scavengers Rings episode two, hotness as well, man. I'm I'm digging it. So that said, guys, of course, NERD. S-O-U-L, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, podcast, all that jazz. And until the next time that you have to run from an alien storm on a crazy planet, until the next time that you have to get out of Sukuna's wrath, until the next time that you have to stop some kind of interdimensional issue between Angstrom and the rest of the Maulers, until the next time that you have to find out who's straight up serial killing all of these robots it's from us to you saying peace